0: uh, Before we start the podcast, I just want to make everyone aware that in in this episode, um, we do concentrate on mental health and um, for our guest, the the experience that she's had and uh, what's helped for her. And I just want to make everyone aware that nothing that we say in this episode is medical advice. So if you do have any issues with your mental health personally, then please seek the, the relevant support from your GP. Okay, thanks very much. Enjoy the show. Hello, welcome back to the Apply Medic podcast. My name is Chris. I'm a medical student at Edinburgh Uni and also the founder of Apply Medic and the host of the Apply Medic podcast. So, today I've got a very special guest. Her name is Leah. Um, she is a medical student based in the UK and also has a very successful Instagram account called The Wellness Medic. And um, I've got her on the show t- uh, today to um, basically chat through her. Um, experiences uh, of wellness and the different issues that she's had along the way and and how she's personally um, dealt with them through that whole journey. So, hi, Leah. How are you?
1: Hi, I'm good, thank you. How are you?
0: I'm good, thanks. Um, so, I'd like to take it from the very beginning, if that's okay, uh, and start by talking and start by just kind of getting an understanding of youth experiences applying to medical school in the first place. Um, But first actually would it be okay if you just kind of gave a little kind of introduction um, to to yourself and and kind of who you are and what you do if that's okay?
1: Yeah of course, so my name's Leah, I'm a third year medical student at the University of Sheffield. Um, I'm currently coming back to med school from a leave of absence I took on mental health grounds and yeah.
0: Okay perfect, so would you mind taking us from the very beginning like uh, your experiences applying to med school in the first place?
1: Yeah of course, so originally I I wasn't one of them people who always knew I wanted to be a doctor. Um, mm-hmm. I hadn't really explored medicine, mainly because it wasn't really something that was spoke about at my school. Um, so I thought I did my GCSEs, got into my A-levels, and I started to sort of consider it as an option. But I never really thought of myself as being at that level where I could apply for medical school. I had good grades, but they weren't, like, the top of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of saw myself as, okay, you can do what you want to do within reason, but don't see yourself as one of the high flyers if you want. Um, so I kind of pushed it to the back of my mind and then kind of ummed and a bit and thought, mm, you, I want to do it, but I'm not really sure if I'm clever enough. My school didn't really know too much about the application process. Uh, we didn't really get any sort of support like that because it just wasn't really applied to at my school. So I did feel a little bit sort of... Like it was the unknown. I didn't have anyone in my family who sort of worked in the profession or in the healthcare profession. So again, I had no sort of links of, to understand. Um, it just so happened that w- I was working at a coffee shop at the weekends, and one of my regular customers was a consultant.
0: I think, okay. At the
1: local hospital. So I used to chat with him. I used to make his drink every day, and it got to the point where I kind of like I was like, okay, Leah, time to be brave. Time to have a little talk here and I kind of said I'm really interested do you know if you do work do you do work experience can I get some shadowing with you just to see because I really want to see if there's something I'd I'd be interested in and I managed to get through that way and do some work experience at my local hospital Mm
0: -hmm. which
1: was really good I managed to fast track it and it was just a stroke of luck really and I absolutely loved it and I thought yeah I could could see myself doing this but I I think even at that point there was that little voice in the back of my head that was like you're still not like this. Is meant to be for, like the clever, clever people, or this is meant to be for, like the most confident people and the mo- the best leadership. And I'm not sure if I'm quite at that level, but definitely at that time I was very much uh, pushed that to the back of your mind because I think there's definitely or certainly my experience was as soon as you make that decision to say I want to study medicine, there's a lot of pressure of people like not in negative pressure. But a lot of people checking up, like, oh, you're applying for medicine, that's so great, etc. And definitely goes, yeah. So I was like, okay, I just need to keep that front that everyone sees me as, oh, she's going off and applying for medicine. Excellent. And always taking that as my front and pushing back any feelings of worry or sort of that, am I good enough feeling? And that kind of worked for a while. Um, I was lucky enough to get accepted and started med school in the sort of September, and it came, that feeling was starting to come slowly more prominent at this time, so I didn't, I should have said, I applied for medicine through an access scheme. Right, okay. So I got reduced offers to get into medical school. Okay. So I didn't, Some in to go I didn't actually achieve any A's at A-level, mm-hmm. which for me, I'd always seen medicine as for the most like, my viewpoint at that age was medicine was for the very academic, the highly, highest grading people, and they were the people that could do well and successful, and I did not feel like one of them people. Yeah. So, I had that in the back of my mind. I remember the first day of lectures, being so excited, and then I had this sudden feeling hit me of, I bet I'm the only one in here that has these, what I saw that weren't low-grade, but not the typical offer.
0: Yeah, I of get what you I mean.
1: stars. And it suddenly hit me of these people are a lot more. I I, I assumed that they must be a lot more intellectual than me. And, oh, they must have just let me in because they felt sorry for me or there was like some sort of luck or because I was from a widening access just to up the number. I didn't think it was anything to do at this point with my own skill or communications and stuff like that. But again, I kind of managed to push it to the back of my mind um and it just kept getting more as the time went on it got a lot more obviously the course gets more intense mm-hmm. and you end up spending more sort of time around obviously it's a completely new experience you're meeting your colleagues for the first time the people in your class and the more it went on the more I felt more and more like I love this so much but I don't know how I got here
0: <laughs> yeah yeah
1: and that was my sort of experience at the start of imposter syndrome um and it just kind of went worse there and my mental health started to get more impacted from that point mm-hmm. until it got to a breaking point but that was kind of my my introduction to medicine I really didn't know I didn't know anyone that did medicine on the application process it was very much case for me of googling like the best resources for medical applications and hoping that that was, like, the right way to go about it. Yeah, um, yeah. And I just remember the whole time feeling very bewildered um, by the whole process and the interview process and feeling very much like... Because it's so... I think if you don't have a sort of support network of people that understand the medical application process, it can be really overwhelming when you finally start it. And if you do get that interview... I just remember thinking I did not expect to be asked all of these different things, and it's it's mind boggling. Definitely. Yes, yeah, that was hard.
0: <laughs> I feel like from a from a perspective of kind of widening access, uh, it it can be for for someone who say doesn't have anyone who's done medicine in the family or has a, a friend, family friend, for instance, uh, who's who's done medicine. The whole process can be extremely intimidating, and. I I was, so I didn't go directly into medicine as well. I'm I'm a postgrad medic. So I did uh, a degree beforehand, an undergrad degree, because uh, in my hires uh, in in school, um, which I think are the equivalent to A-levels in England, I'm not exact. I can't exactly remember what the equivalent the hires are um, in in England. But when I did mine, um, which of the exams that you do, before you, while you're applying to medical school in that same year, um, I got one A, three Bs, and one C, and so um, I was quite a late bloomer in realizing that I wanted to do me- medicine. I think it was about sixteen at the time, and and obviously it's it's you can become very disenfranchised, um, because you don't have the the grades that well everyone who would otherwise go straight into medicine has, and so you don't have that kind of sense of confidence, but you still want to go for that thing. And so um it can really play on your mind. Um and and it did with me a bit and I guess in a in a sense, um I had extra time doing a degree to then build up that confidence, build up more experience, doing more work experience, getting a more realistic view of of what it is to be a medical student and what it is to be a, a junior doctor, for instance. Um, and so I, I didn't I didn't hold like medical students and me- students that went straight into medicine kind of on a pedestal like I did before
1: yeah.
0: um, and and I felt very much more kind of on level on par with them in terms intellectually I suppose um because you've got that more you've built up more the evidence to then prove to yourself I suppose okay. um, that, that you've got what it takes you know say for instance doing another degree beforehand um, and so I can imagine that having the grades that you did going into school and then um having the, the, the great kind of initiative like the widen widening access uh, programme that you were the part of which um it sounds like an amazing thing um and so getting into medicine but then you I, I completely understand that um from your perspective still feeling like you're kind of on the back foot and you shouldn't really be here because you don't have all the A's like all the all the other school leavers have um where there's a feel like postcard medics who did a, a more kind of roundabout approach into medicine have actually had the time to build up that confidence and so um there's less of a, a kind of mental divide in, in that perspective um so yeah i i i can i can really understand how it yeah. can be quite um anxiety inducing um and, and creating imposter syndrome
1: yeah i think we, we unfortunately as much that it's so exciting to see things are changing now, we have these sort of things like your podcast, for example, people are talking openly about their widening access experiences. I think there's still a almost a stereotype for a medical student. It's all about the grades that you have, and that defines being a good doctor, yeah. and oh, you'll be a good medical student if you have sort of the straight A's. That's what I saw being a, a good medical student to be when I was applying. You had mm. to have the top grades, whereas I think actually... There needs to be more sort of knowledge that, yes, you need to have a certain level of, you need to be able to obviously pass exams, understand all this knowledge to help your patients, but things like communication skills, empathy, um, just all of these, sort of, all your social skills and how much you care about your patients and how much you want to help people is just as important. So Definitely. as much as I had, I had a lot of empathy and I had good communication skills, I wasn't seeing them as being a valuable to my medical school sort of career and doing well at medical school. Mm-hmm. I think it's almost conditioned that yeah, ha- it's all about the academical, how you're doing your exams and how you how you've done in your exams and what you can show on a sheet of paper, as opposed to actually all of these different skills which can make you a good doctor, such as what comes from your personality, what comes from who you are.
0: Definitely, and I feel like it's really not until you then. the the clinical years of medicine that you fully appreciate that and and you actually see um, that you are so much more well received by your peers and the patients Um, not necessarily you know if you can show that that you've got this niche knowledge about this particular subject but but that you're generally competent and you also have good interpersonal skills and I feel like the interpersonal skills actually go a lot further than what most people think especially for calming patients down, making them feel like they're heard, um, allowing them to open up more to you and give you the information that's necessary for you to make relevant diagnoses or think about the best management plan, whatever that is. Um, I think it's not until later on in med school that you fully understand the importance of it.
1: Yeah and I think unfortunately for me I took my leave sort of at the start of clinical years so I was already at a stage where I couldn't sort of help myself out but I do remember one of the best things for me or what I learned about it, was coming home one day from placement. I wasn't remembering the oh I got this question that a consultant asked me correct or oh I managed to know what this drug does it was oh this patient said that I have a really calming voice or oh they really appreciate this patient really appreciated me sitting down and just asking them about their day and really being interested in their lives like they they're the things that I was taking home with me the most exactly not the sort of what I saw as validation of my academics as such which was what yeah. I almost thought I felt like I had to work towards academic validation it was more the at the patients how the patients made me feel and my personal what made me me my empathy that was what I was taking home at the end of the day
0: definitely definitely And
1: I don't think you notice that until clinical years as much
0: yeah I completely agree so you talked about when so you, you felt the imposter syndrome when you when you first came into medical school, but you mentioned that you you constantly kind of threw it to the back of your mind mm. and just tried to ignore it. But then you said that it was becoming more and more difficult to ignore as you progressed through the course. Can, can you kind of tell me about that moment where it became too much? Like which part of the course were you in and, and what kind of made it um, more difficult to to just try and ignore like you did previously?
1: I think it was a combination of different sort of aspects. So... I did my first year in 2018 I started med school in 2018 and I kind of had it in my head that it was okay to be feeling imposter syndrome because when if I passed my exams it would magically go away Mm -hmm. because that was my goal in my head of suddenly my imposter syndrome will disappear if I can prove to myself I can pass my exams therefore I didn't think I needed any sort of external help I didn't think I needed I'd kind of built myself my little bubble of oh well all these things you're experiencing now will go away once you pass your first year exams so I did the first year I passed the exams that was great I was really happy for about a couple of weeks and then I remember just having that in my back of my mind again very subtle oh well you were only x amount off the pass mark so maybe if you'd like not done these questions correctly you would have failed Mm -hmm. so then it sort of built a bit more from there and it was that oh you were only then it went from suddenly I'm so proud of myself for passing to oh it's not very good I only just passed and that positivity turned quite quickly into negativity definitely and again the cycle went oh well I'll prove to myself when I pass my next set of exams because the first one might have been a fluke but this one will be real And it kind of built from there, and then we had the COVID nineteen pandemic started, and we went completely online. Which for me was almost quite good for that imposter syndrome because I wasn't being around others. Okay. I wasn't having to see other people talk about. I could keep to myself. But that ended up me getting very isolated in my own head, and it was almost like what I originally felt intimidated by others. I was feeling intimidated by myself. I was putting a lot of pressure on myself to sort of prove to myself and what I thought I needed to do of proving to others that I deserved to be there so it built on more um, I did try and reach out for help obviously it then went into the start of the COVID-19 and that all kind of went pear shaped and I kind of thought oh well, you're not at med school now as such you're still at med school but it's all online so mm-hmm. you, you you must not have a problem and once, once you again once you pass these exams you will prove to yourself that you belong and then it kind of went through and then we went back into the start of clinical years so I was starting clinical years for the first time and I'd gone from being completely online for practically the whole year to suddenly being in placement every day around people around doctors and sort of doing the very clinical well having that clinical years experience which I hadn't been able to have because of COVID Hmm. and I remember just feeling incredibly sort of overwhelmed because now my application of knowledge I felt like was coming to that testing point and I remember just being so if I didn't know an answer and someone else did for example being like oh well that proves you shouldn't be here and um, you're clearly not as bright as your classmates this is the flute that you were waiting to prove I, I feel like I spent three years trying to prove to myself that I belonged at med school but didn't actually realize what I was doing on the other hand was spending three years showing myself that I don't belong at medical school in my mm-hmm. head and giving a such a negative view of myself right from the beginning that built up and up and up to the point where I actually did start to question if medicine was for me at the time. I really thought that maybe it's cause maybe it's cause you're just not wanting to study it. Whereas the back front of my mind was all of that was built through the fact that I didn't feel good enough to be studying medicine and that frustration it's, that disheartening feeling of three years of trying and three years of being in medical school, three years of passing all my exams, and I still didn't feel like I belonged, like I was good enough. Um, And luckily, at that point, I did make, I did reach out in a very negative way, sort of to my sort of people at med school and be like, I don't think I want to do this anymore. Um, I think I want to change courses. And it was at that point that they caught on that actually it was more the fact that I was just feeling a lot of imposter syndrome which had ended up subsequently causing a lot of anxiety and depression
0: mm-hmm.
1: and that was when my depression got to its sort of because I hadn't really struggled with depression before I'd had anxiety but not this level of depression because it slowly became me trying to prove myself to myself all the time almost developed a level of self-hatred
0: sort of mm-hmm. yeah
1: I felt so annoyed with myself for not sort of being able to be like you've passed all the exams you said you'd be over it by now you said you'd feel good enough because once you passed your exams and I if anything I started to feel less and less good enough instead um and that's when I made the decision that actually what we need to do we need to take some time off of medical school take a step back and put some plan into my life put some positive things into my life to sort it around and it wasn't until I took that leave that I realised that actually this isn't about my academics. It's not my academics that are holding me back at medical school. It's my my, my mental health. It's the way I'm feeling about myself. And it's all coming down to that sort of the fact I wasn't giving myself enough credit. I was focusing so much on academic validation that I wasn't thinking about actually you're not giving yourself any credit here. You're not giving yourself any self-care you're not giving yourself any time to relax because you're constantly not feeling good enough. And it came exhausting. And it all, every day it was that thing of you have to prove yourself today. Well, actually, you're proving yourself every day just by waking up, just by going on an exercise, having some exercise, having a breakfast. Everything you're doing is proving that you're doing well if you can do them. So that, from that point, taking that leave, I really said to myself, we're going to focus. We're still going to study. But this time isn't about sort of perfecting the academics. It's about perfecting the things which will help everything else come into place. Yeah. My confidence, self care, wellness, and really building that has, and subsequently, I feel like I'm doing better in my learning because of that.
0: Definitely. So you you took the 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 leave for absence for the for the year, yeah. um, and. And as you said, you you kind of took that time to to actually realise the importance of of mindset and the difference between internal and external validation and the effect that that was having uh, on on your own mental health. Uh, did you did you realise that internally within yourself, or, or as in, did you do that on your own, or did you get help to then make that realisation? Yourself in terms of the, the developing your own insight into into how your mind was was functioning at that point.
1: Yeah, so for me, it took quite a while of sort of coming to that point. I definitely didn't do it on my own. Um, I reached out to my uni's well, like the well-being and the support service there, who were very fantastic. And they, we did some sessions with them, and then I had I got in contact with my GP. And that was quite an emotional point for me, because I realised that, actually, why are we just doing this now? Because once I started talking, I think it was that moment when the GP kind of said, look, I think we should look at antidepressants. Mm-hmm. And I think it was that moment of, because you learn about it at medical school. Obviously, you learn about the signs of depression. Yeah. You learn about, and you learn about sort of the things to make it better. But you don't always think about inf- putting that into your own life the same with anything yeah. we learn we learn about the values of exercise the values of healthy eating but when you get into that state of depression you almost forget about it being about you definitely so when I was told that actually I think we should look at some antidepressants that was a really big sort of wake-up call for me of actually look there is a reason why you're feeling like you are because mm-hmm. I'd never saw myself as depressed so I started antidepressants and I started a course of therapy through the GP and it was, we did um, like cognitive behavioral therapy okay. and that was brilliant because I really started to see that it was all, it was all in my mind as such. Mm-hmm. And it was me telling myself I wasn't good enough. No one has ever told me I'm not good enough for medical school. So why do I believe it? Because <laughs> I've done exactly. myself enough times and I think yeah. you kind of get to point, if you tell yourself something enough times, you end up believing it. It becomes a habit to believe it. Definitely. So I did that. I had the therapy. And then it's been a lot of sort of I've been in contact with my uni quite a bit. Um, they're putting in supports my my return to medical school, which happens next month. And I just I realized looking back, there were so many different things I could have, if I'd reached out earlier or just become more self-aware earlier. I probably wouldn't have had to have taken this leave I've taken now. I'm so glad I did. But looking back, you can look, see, as you look back, all of the little red flags that were popping up throughout my sort of, from A-levels onwards, of, you can see the downward slope of as things were getting worse. So definitely reaching out to the GP, reaching out to my university, was one of the best things I did. Because I can say of confidence, I don't think if I'd done those things, I think I would have just left medicine altogether and then regretted it for the rest of my life.
0: And so do you think that, do you think that there was enough awareness about depression and anxiety, particularly within med school as well, but also just within kind of university in general? um, And and there was enough awareness raised um, about reaching out for help sooner rather than later? Yeah,
1: no, I mean, I think, it's almost like one of those things where it's not spoke about enough, how sort of things can not just, it might not just because you're academics, but sort of the change you go through from school to university, whether it be medicine mm-hmm. or any course, because you're moving away from home, most likely for the first time, a lot of things are changing and you're becoming more independent on yourself. And then again, your course changes. It's a completely different atmosphere, completely different environment. I don't think enough is kind of taught about, actually you might start feeling like something's not right you might start feeling that something's causing you worry and this is what you can do about it I think for me again like I said from the start I had this idea of what a medical student should be and that was the sort of high intelligence and they were always studying and everything was perfect and therefore I felt there was never that moment or we never really had that point where someone was like Actually it's quite common that you might not feel good enough or you might be doubting yourself or the support I I I certainly wasn't aware of the fact that actually lots of other people were feeling like I was mm. because I had it in my head that that's not what a medical student is which is so wrong a lot of people actually were feeling like how I was how I am and there's just it's really not spoken about as much as it should be I think that actually it's quite common. Like if you look at the statistics of medical students that have depression, that have anxiety, it's a lot higher, but we n- never really have that time where someone says, actually, if you look around the people in the room, you're not the only one that's going to be feeling this way. Exactly. And the second I realised that in my head, because it seems quite, I think there's a difference between someone telling you and then actually believing it. Yeah. Well, so I could be definitely. told, oh, I'm sure that there's other people that feel just like you do. But until I took the moment to actually start believing that, there was no point in saying that to me. It wasn't until I really started to believe that actually, no, this is normal for any student, no matter what their background, whether they're widening access or not, whatever grades they had, however well they've done their exams, they might be number one in the class and still feel exactly how I do. And that was really liberating to kind of feel like when I started to physically believe that I wasn't the only one that felt like how I did. Exactly. Because there's that moment where I was one of those people where I'd go, yeah, no, of course, I know that I must not be the only one that feels like this. And I certainly didn't believe it. Hmm. But it wasn't until I really started to acknowledge it, that I wasn't alone in that situation, that's when things started to change for me and get a lot better. That's
0: really good. So we've talked a bit about the the imposter syndrome that you experienced and the... Depression that you were experiencing as well. You, you also mentioned anxiety, mm-hmm. and that you were having specific issues with that. Could could you maybe just kind of explain how that kind of affected you?
1: Yeah. So anxiety, I think it wasn't. Again, it wasn't something i I knew it from a medical student's perspective of what anxiety was. But I think when it comes to seeing it in yourself, it's so easy to push aside. but for so me, my biggest worries. Again, it did stem from that imposter syndrome. A lot of my anxiety was based from that imposter syndrome of, oh, the next day at placement, what doctors are going to expect what from me? Mm -hmm. And I had this constant worry that I wouldn't be able to speak on placement if someone asked me a question because I'd be so racked with nerves. And it builds up from there and you start to think, oh, And then again, that stemmed from, oh, actually, am I good enough to be at medical school? Should I be at medical school? How many people could be in my place? And I got that overwhelming sensation that I'd stolen someone else's place Mm -hmm. at medical school because I wasn't good enough to be there. And there were thousands of people much better than me that deserved that spot. And that kind of triggered my anxiety more when I went into placement every day. Because again, I had that sensation of, oh, they're thinking that I don't belong here. And I used to think, oh, my classmates must think, how did she get here? And you don't realise the sort of not just the mental impact that that has, constantly having that in your head, but the physical one. I stopped being able to sleep properly. Um, I, yeah, my sleeping pattern went out the window. I wasn't eating well. I wasn't eating much because I was so nervous about the ne- what the next day was going to happen and what people were going to think and how I could end up having a terrible day, like, I'd get really anxious if I knew that I was going to be at the hospital for more than a certain amount of time because I felt like there'd be more time for me to make a fool of myself.
0: Yeah, okay. So I've got an understanding of your actual experiences there and and everything you were feeling and the emotions and how it built up over time. So you also explained about your time off um your leave of absence and and how you you got help and you developed uh, ways to to cope and adapt um to the the issues that you were having with your mental health uh, what were the the particular uh, strategies that worked for you
1: yeah so i really sort of started looking into sort of wellbeing aspects I'd been, it'd been mentioned to me by my gp and by sort of people around me the importance of sort of looking after yourself and not just with sort of your foods and stuff, but other aspects. But at the time I was so overwhelmed with, I didn't, in my head, I didn't have time for well being. So when I took that step back at, for me, it was really about being like, okay, what can we implement that's going to help you in the long run? And a lot of that for me was sort of coming, almost like coming back to myself. When I came to med school, I dropped a lot of the things that I enjoyed because I didn't think I had time. And then I realised that was one of the biggest things, negative things I could do for myself. Um, So, for example, some of the things that I've started doing now, since kind of going on this journey of wellness and looking after myself more, is that I do some form of exercise. I do yoga. I really like yoga. Uh, That's just what worked for me. I tried different forms of exercise, and yoga is what worked because I found it the best, not just physically but mentally as well. It was that time where. I wasn't stressing about anything else. My anxiety was at its lowest. So I started doing that. And I think it was, for me, it was about acknowledging and taking that sort of control of being like, actually, right now, I'm going to do this for myself because I want to, for no other reason of being like, oh, well, this isn't academic. It's not going to benefit this exact thing in your life. But Mm. for me, it was about, no, I'm going to take the time and I'm going to take the control to do something I want to do because medicine is an aspect of my life it's not running my whole life so I started doing that I started reading and I used I have a um a habit tracker on my phone now and I keep things in there so I have my academic stuff in there I also have my men my self-care uh medication things I want to do in the day that may whether that be phoning my family or seeing my friends and I've started implementing that into my trackers and also into my daily timetable. So, say if I had sort of X amount of hours studying, I'd write that on the timetable. But then I would also add something like take a bath in the timetable with a tick t- t- box. So, I still feel like I'm doing something for myself and I'm treating my self care and my time as equally important as my academics. And that was such a big thing for me is being all these things that I am doing for myself is exactly the same as me doing medicine for myself. Medicine is not my whole life. It's one part equally as reading, because I love reading, and yoga, because I love yoga. Medicine, because I love medicine. It's all different aspects. And I think once you start to take that step back, because if you are like me and you have quite bad imposter syndrome, where you get caught up in your mental health, it's very struggling when you're looking for that academic validation to be like, that is your personality. Oh, this is just who you are. You are a medical student and Definitely. medicine is your life. And I feel like maybe to a certain extent, that is how my perception of a medical student was, is that all they do is study medicine
0: yeah. and
1: they live, breathe medicine. And, I think for me, it's about taking that step back and being like, okay, I am a medical student. but Also, I'm Leah and I love reading and I love cooking and I love yoga. I love medicine, but it's not, that's not just who I am. I mean, exactly. Also, all of these things. I love going out with my friends and spending time with my family and taking that moment to take it out of being that massive part of your life. And you're like, Actually, I love it, but that's this section as equally as important as all these things I love are. And making it an equal landing strip
0: was the best thing I think I could have done. Yeah. I think that something in particular that you said uh, there um, about loving who you are, not what you do. Um, yeah. Because there's, there's actually, uh, someone uh, actually once told me, and I thought it was quite an interesting insight, that we want the world, it, a lot of people want the world um, to love us, everyone else to love us for who we are and who we are intrinsically as a human being, stripped bare without any of our achievements or what we do for the living, anything like that, um, to just love us for who we are as a person. However, most of the time, intrinsically, we base our own self-worth off of what we do, not yeah. who we are. Um, so there's a there's a mismatch in the expectations that that we want from everyone else looking at us, but we want something completely different, when we look at ourselves intrinsically and and I feel like that's it's it's really not a healthy way to to live life you know it's you are what you do, but you also are what you are and and you need to learn to appreciate intrinsically for yourself both of those aspects and work on both of those aspects and constantly appreciate both of them and um, because both of them are important um but it's you never pick one or the other and and if you neglect one, then either one. Then you know, I feel like it's it's likely that that your own mindset will deteriorate with that, yeah. um, and it's never a good thing. So I think definitely having the knowledge of you not expecting different things from other people than you also expect from yourself, and actually mm-hmm. having that that self insight, I think, is a really
1: important thing. Yeah, definitely. And I think the funniest part for me was I realised when I started I sort of took medicine off the pedestal of being my main priority. And seeing it as just an aspect of my life. Everything started to improve together. Yeah. So my mental health improved. Because I was spending more time on myself. Because I was spending more time on myself. I noticed I was understanding my studying better. Things were all starting to come into place. Because I'd taken the time to be like. I am a medical student. But I'm also all these other things. And I want to do well in. Even if it's like sleeping for example. I want to be able to get a good night's sleep. Exactly, And it all adds up. And yeah, again, sort of taking the everything that you do for yourself as a success. It's not just about getting this grade or getting these questions right. Everything can be a win. If you're struggling to eat breakfast, but you eat a good breakfast, that's a win. If you take the time to sort of have a bath and put a face mask on and just take time for yourself, that's a win because you're doing something for yourself.
0: Definitely, they're some of the most important things.
1: Definitely, yeah.
0: Um, And just the the, the final kind of point that that I I wanted to make, uh, when I was looking at one of your posts, uh, I don't think you mentioned the specific term growth mindset, um, but you did mention about seeing a glass half full instead of a glass half empty. And I I just, uh, I find it really good to kind of draw those parallels with medicine because for instance, at least from my perspective, uh, my experience so far, a lot of medicine is constantly feeling like you're the wee bit incompetent yes. all the time because you're constantly going between different placements. And just when you're at the end of like a six-week placement and you feel really competent in what you do, if it's pediatrics, for instance, and then before you know it, you're then a, a renal medicine ward and you you feel like you don't know anything again and you're starting from scratch. And so you feel like you're constantly breaking down to them build back up again and then coming back down to build back up and it's it's it can sometimes feel like quite uh an uphill battle and i mean i've i've felt that but before that i fully had the understanding and knowledge of growth mindset and what it actually was and and the importance of instead of seeing yourself as you know, someone who's just getting loads of things wrong, for instance, um if, like, a, for instance, a consultant asks you something on the board, some niche kind of question, and, and you don't know the answer. Instead of seeing that as a failure, you see it as, well, it, it's it's a great learning opportunity. Yeah. And and you had the confidence to actually not, you know, stutter and, and hardly say anything and be too scared to even mention something. You actually had the confidence to come out with an answer, even if you weren't 100% sure. Exactly. Um and so you patting yourself back, number one for that, and for seeing it as a learning opportunity that you now know the answer to that, and you won't get it wrong again. Yeah, so, and, yeah. And it, it's so easy for those tiny little things to build up over time if you don't have a growth mindset. So I, I think, I mean, th- thankfully I've I've never had to experience um, a proper you know mental health crisis or anything like that, um, and I can only imagine what it's actually like, but. You know, like, like a lot of other med students, I've had slight dips in my mental health where i felt a little bit more down than usual. Um, and thankfully, thankfully, every time I've been able to just come back out of that. Um, but I've definitely found that when I don't strictly adhere to the growth mindset principles especially when on the wards then I actually feel like my mental health does deteriorate a bit until I then implement it again um what have what have you could have experienced of that so far
1: yeah so definitely what you said there is it's exactly that kind of feeling that glass half empty and glass half full that's how I was seeing things when I didn't get a question right that a doctor might ask me to me that was a negative um if I didn't have the opportunity if I didn't feel like I could answer a question or speak up about something that was a negative and I'd come back feeling really bad about it and it's about for me it was about switching that and being like actually what you've done if you've just learned something you didn't know before you've just built some knowledge today and like you said the empowering thing of being like I'm going to answer this question and if it's wrong it doesn't matter because I'm going to learn something from it exactly and at the end of the day, we, that is what being a medical student is. You're training, you're learning how to be a doctor. And you're not meant to know everything. If you knew everything there was to know about medicine, then you wouldn't be a student. Exactly. <laughs> and I think that is taking that pressure off of being like, actually, everything is a learning opportunity. So when I was on placement and I wasn't seeing it that way, I could come back and feel like I've had a really bad day of I didn't know anything. They had to go through the simplest things with me. Um, Everyone else knew it. And I feel so bad about myself today. Whereas actually now it's more of a case of being like, I came back today. I didn't know anything and they went through it with me and now I know it. And I've been able to learn from today. And it's been, if anything, really productive and switching that again Going from that, it can be quite hard at first to go from sort of glass half empty to glass half full. Definitely. It really can, switching it, because I think you train yourself to have a constant negative mindset. And for me, that's how it was for me. It was always everything. If the negative was there, there was no positive. There was no way of finding that positive. And it's about switching it and being like, actually, you've taken the time to build your confidence to actually try something, even if you don't know it. And you you're built on your confidence. You learned that knowledge that you didn't know. So you built on your academics, you built on your communication, because you've taken criticism. There's so many things you can actually take from those negatives that I was ignoring for so long that actually what I'd gone through was a serious character development. And I'd completely undermined that because if I didn't know it to me, that's all that mattered. The fact that I didn't, not everything exactly. I learned subsequently from it
0: exactly um and yeah i think it's something that that everyone should um take into consideration you know no matter how no matter how stable they think their their mental health is actually i feel like no matter who you are you can still see a benefit from from constantly having that that positive mindset um because it really does make a difference to just your general perspective on life as well and and on your own achievements and on on yourself as a human being as well so, that's everything that I wanted to ask, Leah. Um, do you have any any kind of closing comments, anything you'd want to say?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think for me it's just one of the biggest things I found when I was struggling the most was reaching out to people. It doesn't, obviously, it's so good. Make sure you reach out to your family and friends. But even if you don't feel ready to do that, just doing a small thing, I found, I remember having a really sort of harsher teacher who really made me feel so small and I remember at that point really thinking okay I'm really out of my depth here and the most relieving thing and it really helped me change my mindset that day was coming out and I turned to the girl next to me I hadn't spoke to her I turned to her I went that was really tough expecting her to go oh really you thought that was tough and she went oh yeah that was horrendous I didn't know any of it and suddenly like yes everyone feels like this it's not just you and I hope by sort of sharing my experiences and stuff, I can show people that it's not just you feel like that. It is common and it's okay to talk about it. It doesn't make you less of a medic, less of a student. It, if anything, it makes you stronger for opening up and it's going to make you a better doctor in the end of it because you're going to be able to help so many people. You're going to be able to relate to so many people in the future.
0: Definitely. Definitely. I think that that makes complete sense. And I think that's, that's really useful. Uh, advice. So, thank you so much, Leah. Um, it it really, it, it, from my perspective, anyway, it, it really takes a lot of strength to come on, you know, like a podcast like this and and actually, and 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 talk publicly about all these really personal things. Um, but I, I think it's it's been so useful and insightful for me, and I can only imagine how insightful it is for everyone else, for for you know, in any part of their their training pathway, whether they're just applying to medical school or you know, they're a registrar, they're a consultant, whatever, because it, it applies to you all the way throughout the, the rest of your life uh, in medicine and, and also out with medicine in everyday life as well, um, because it's, it's all relevant. So, thank you so much, Leah. I really do thank appreciate you. it.
1: Thank you for having me. I've really appreciated it.
0: No worries at all.